All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. We've reached single digits. Let's go. Welcome into a Wednesday, February 22nd edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, as well as dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, nine days to go until the deadline. How are you feeling? Great, man. I know you've really been looking forward to this. I can't even keep track of it, but uh, it feels like it's finally starting to happen. So doing good. Looking forward to the rest of this week. Yeah, I would uh, like to get my life back at a certain point, if if at all possible. So, uh, yeah, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start with, uh, hey, Ryan O'Reilly, still good? I mean, what a few games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The early returns for Ryan O'Reilly with the Leafs, pretty, pretty good. Patrick in Buffalo against one of his former teams on Tuesday night, a four-point night, not a big deal. And if you take a look back at, at uh, his first game as well, collecting a point and assist in the Toronto Maple Leafs uniform, that gives him five points in three games with three goals. And perhaps more importantly, Mike, he's north of 70% in the faceoff dot for the Leafs since arriving. Yeah, and if that's one stat that we want to key in on, the, the Leafs now, you think about how strong that spine is. You, you've got O'Reilly, it's 70% since he's been there, but this his career, he's 55%. Go down the list. Tavares has played left wing with O'Reilly, but he's taken a bunch of draws this year, 58%. Matthews, 53%. Comp, 52%. Like even Nolachari, who they picked up, was at 54 with St. Louis. So that's a real strength for that club. The part that, about O'Reilly that's been intriguing to me is that head coach Sheldon Keefe, has has used O'Reilly as a centerman flanked by Marner and Tavares. And we might as well get used to hearing that 
Tavares to Marner to O'Reilly. It happened twice in 37 seconds against Buffalo to open up the first period. Um, and they just look seamless. And it's really a, a modern day look into how forwards play. Even though O'Reilly's the center, all three of them were playing interchangeably. But one thing post game that caught my ear, Frank, Sheldon Keefe did say it's a good sample of what we're capable of, but I still feel we're going to have John back at center. So that caught my ear. I'm curious if O'Reilly stays second line, third line, how they mix and match. But right now, they've got O'Reilly going as a member of the Leafs. And to do it in Buffalo against his old team and have hats come out of the stands, pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I think when you look at Ryan O'Reilly and what he's added to Sheldon Keefe, it's a limitless lineup card switcheroo like you can move mm -hmm. any of these guys anywhere you want and find success probably in pretty short order given the flexibility that this trade has provided you and since i've continued to trend on twitter for the last number of days to all the knuckle draggers out there on social media uh, look uh, the early returns for ryan o'reilly are fantastic uh, there's no yeah. doubt that he looks to be a good fit here's all i'll say and i'll remain consistent in that I don't care if Ryan O'Reilly scores 60 goals between now and April 14th when the regular season ends. This trade and every other trade, every transaction and signing that the Toronto Maple Leafs have made, it will all be judged based on how this team performs in the playoffs, period, end of story. Let's move on and talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and their owner, Tom Dundon, got a chance to catch up with him for our new show, Frankly Speaking which popped on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your pods, on Tuesday afternoon. And Mike, check out this clip because Tom Dundon, he doesn't hold anything back. Let's talk hockey. Like we're 10 days away from the NHL trade deadline. What would you say, what, what's the best way to describe the Carolina Hurricanes deadline philosophy? You know, we've, we've made lots of trades since I've been here. You know, I, I like... I don't know why I like transactions. It's it was when I was working, I bought lots of companies and sold them and did deals and I just enjoy it. So I have to be careful sometimes that I don't just want to do deals for the sake of doing them. And I think everybody at this time always feels like um always feels like you need to do more, you know. And I think we're more in the want than the need. You know, we've got really good players, we've got a good record. Um we'd have a better record if one or two things had gone our way. We haven't had a lot of luck and we're still doing really well. We've, we've, so we've tend to avoided short-term decisions. So that's what we have to balance. Is there something we could do to make us better now, but we feel like in the long term doesn't create, you know, too much damage. Um, I always tell everybody in the organization, we're going to want to win next year too. So you have to be very careful. They're going to play hockey next year and in two years and three years, and I want to win those games. Um, but it's hard not to look at where you are today and want to be a little bit aggressive. So we just got to find that balance. Mike, he went on to say further, we're ready to be more aggressive than we ever have been before. And you can check out the full edition of Frankly Speaking, episode five, as I mentioned on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. There will be some clips on YouTube as well. Um, but Mike, when you, you think about what Tom Dundon is saying, I, I just think of the, the hashtag that the Hurricanes had as their official hashtag the last couple of years, take warning, because mm -hmm. that's the owner who's not a typical owner who's involved in every part of every transaction that happens with the Carolina Hurricanes. And so when he's telling you we're ready to be aggressive, more aggressive than we ever have been, you know, that's the marquee blinking 
Timo Meyer to me. And we've heard the, the Carolina Hurricanes connected to Meyer before. Let's see if they can pull it off in the next nine days. Makes the most sense. They need that score, especially with Pacioretty out of the lineup. And what caught my ear in the interview is that, hey, we've lost four years in a row and we could have won. So Tom Dundon's feeling it, okay? He knows he's got a great team. He raved about Rod Brindamore. His head coach will be there basically as long as he wants. They know they got to get across the finish line, though. And it really did sound like Dundon and the rest of the crew is willing to do things short-term this year, to me, um, that will improve that club. But he's always got an eye to the future, Frank, which really is impressive. He said he doesn't believe in the window, right? There's no windows if you do things the right way. So um, I, I think it's something that's, that's pretty unique to Dundon as an owner. Um, that some of the other owners around the league could probably look at and idolize in some ways. Yeah, I, and I think when you mentioned short term, like that's maybe the best part about Timo Meyer is he doesn't have to be short term. You can re-sign right. him. You can sign him to the one-year qualifying offer if you want, or you can take him as a pending RFA. Someone mentioned to me yesterday, why wouldn't the Carolina Hurricanes or whichever team acquires Timo Meyer not be able to get a return unlike what the Calgary Flames got last year for Matthew Kachuk. Like, why would that be all that different? Similar type uh, production, uh, maybe not quite at the same level as Kachuk, but still a pending RFA with a huge qualifying offer that's one year away from unrestricted free agency, probably going to hit 50 goals for the first time in his career. Not all that different. So certainly something to keep an eye on as we move towards the deadline. Lots of other things that he covered. You mentioned, he said, Something like if Rod Brindamore would like to be here for the next 20 years, I'd like to have him. So not often that you hear an NHL owner speak in that manner. Let's talk about the Ottawa Senators, Mike. And I mentioned them yesterday as one of the teams that had inquired about St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko in recent days. And I just felt it was important to clarify after getting some other information from you know sources around the league. And I think it's really important to point out that I think the Ottawa Senators are going to have a really hard time doing anything of substance and trying to add, particularly with a player that has term like Colton Pareko does. He's in the first year of an eight-year deal that pays him $50 million. We know that the Sens are deep into the part of their sale transaction where you know moving a $50 million swing here or there changes the aspect of the books and what that would look like. So I think the Sens are in a holding pattern at this deadline. I think if they can make those books even a little bit leaner by trading off a Cam Talbot or someone else that they have on their roster uh, that is a pending free agent, well then, or especially someone like a Nikita Zaitsev, if they could try and find a way to move on to them uh, from him, that I would say that that's the type of path that the Sens are going to go down. I don't see them being major uh, trade deadline acquisition guys. Yeah, and it's kind of frustrating in some ways because you think about how this season was supposed to go for the Sens when you think of the addition of Talbot and Giroux and even bringing Debrinket in last year. Like, this team was supposed to be improved. They're not going to get better in Ottawa until they get the defense going, right? Shabbat's Anderson, Zub, they're there for good. But even like Jacob Bernard Docker, you're not sure if he's a top four, maybe even a top six NHL defenseman at this point. They got to improve it. But if you're dealing with a sale, if you can't really add, it's kicking the can further. And man, I'm just thinking if you're a player, if you're Pierre Dory on the GM, it's got to be a little frustrating if that sale might be holding anything up. Because to me, that club in Ottawa still isn't very far away. They have to improve defense. But when you're in an acquisition phase, when there's questions, when you don't know what's going to really happen, it makes life tough, doesn't it, Frank? Because there's players I think it would find attractive, but do they have the pieces to give it up too? It's just more murky waters in Ottawa. 
Yeah, I would say what happens if you're also a pending free agent and you'd like to get some clarity mm -hmm. on your future as well and you say, well, are we re-signing here? What's the deal? How does this work? Can we negotiate yeah. a contract? I, I just believe the Sens and, and GM Pierre Dorian's hands are tied at this exact moment in time. And, you know, I think when you look at the sale process and the potential for it to be sort of wrapped up or nearing its completion in four to six weeks from now, it's just a little bit unfortunate in the timing that they weren't able to get that nailed down and done sooner so that potentially they could have been a little bit more aggressive at this deadline. But I think maybe the point too is, Mike, that when you look at someone like Colton Pareko in that eight-year deal, if he's not going anywhere, anywhere at the deadline, I have no reason to believe why a team like the Blues wouldn't then engage in a similar type conversation this summer as well. Let's talk about the Washington Capitals. They're today's focus in our trade deadline countdown story on dailyfaceoff.com. I told you nine more days to go. We've been counting down all the way since 60, at least one trade focus story every day on dailyfaceoff.com. And today it's the Caps and it's an unusual one because most of the teams that we've been profiling for our deadline playbook series have all involved buyers, teams that are gonna be active. What trade chips do they have? What's their posture? How big of a swing are they gonna take? And with the Caps, with the way this season has unfolded, injuries have mounted really since puck drop. They've missed significant pieces of their team. And even some of the guys that have come back have looked like a shell of themselves, including someone like Nick Backstrom. John Carlson may be out, you know, depending on who you talk to for the remainder of the season. He's got some significant doctor's appointments coming up. And Mike, that raises the question. Should the Caps, who awake this morning in 12th place in the Eastern Conference by points percentage, should they be selling? I don't think they should be selling the farm. Like, I think that they should approach this deadline uh, with a measured response, right? Like, I think that they could maybe move a piece or two, but they also need to look to the, the window that they have with Ovechkin. You know, you've only got a couple of years left of this player from what we think, all right? Ovechkin's got, uh, you know, three more seasons to go. How are you going to rebuild a team that quickly if you're just going to go for some picks? And I'm not sure that the returns for the Caps – are really going to be that great, even if they move on from some of their bigger pieces like a Lars Eller or Dmitry Orlov. Orlov could probably pull it in on D, but they also need defensemen, Frank. Like if they get rid of Orlov, they got no one left. It's all RFAs and UFAs. Carlson is the only player under contract long-term as a defenseman for that club. Ferrovari, yeah, he's an RFA. He'll probably be there. I think they got to make a move to be able to keep Orlov and give that team a chance to be competitive because you got to hope that with some, um, with some health, with Ovi in the lineup, with Backstrom maybe having a little bit more time to play into it, Wilson the same way, this club can get back on track. They've lost five straight games. They've got a pretty easy route from here on out. I wouldn't rule them out of the playoffs, uh, which seems crazy because we've seen Evans flows. But I think this okay. team needs to approach it cautiously. I understand where you're at, and I, I wonder if there's a way for GM Brian McClellan to sort of deftly navigate or stick handle around something that so few GMs have managed to do, which is sell a piece or two, yet still give this team most of the same chance that they could to get in the playoffs. But I want to throw, you mentioned Orlov, I want to throw a couple of things at you. Here's a, a potential trade comp when it comes to Dmitry Orlov that I looked at, and there's been lots of talk about this player specifically and the return that he brought. David Savard. Uh, going from Columbus to Tampa, helped help them win a Stanley Cup. That's been the deal that the Blue Jackets have been basing this Gavrikov trade-off. And I actually think that this is something that you could look at from a Caps perspective and say, this is a reasonable return that you could also expect for Dmitry Orlov because 
He's someone that you know may actually be a bit older than Savard was at the time of this deal, but in this case, I think is a better, more mobile defender that instantly slots into a team's top four on the back end. So that's one on Orlov. And then let's look at one surprising potential trade comp, and that is Garnet Hathaway. This is a guy that doesn't have eye-popping numbers from a point production standpoint, but the teams that I talk to really value his game as a sort of under-the-radar deadline-type acquisition. And this is a trade that I think you could look at for a comp for Hathaway. Yarncroc went to Calgary from Seattle for a second, third, and fourth-round pick. So I'll ask you this quickly before we get to Cam Sharon. For both of those guys, Orlov, Hathaway, when you look at the potential returns, and here are the UFAs, would you do those types of deals? I'm not moving Orlov. I keep him around. Hathaway, I'd consider it, but not Orlov. I'd rather see Jensen go if that's the case. Like I say, you got to shore up your defense, especially with Ovi still there. I'd hate to see this team just go down the river in the next year or two here. I think that they've got to keep him, Frank. They've got picks. They've got first-rounders the next three years in Washington. Yeah, and if you were to think about a trade uh, for Nick Jensen, I believe a an applicable comp in this case would be the trade that brought Brett Kulak to the Edmonton Oilers last year from the Montreal Canadiens, a second-round pick plus. Just something to keep in the back of your mind. The full trade deadline countdown story is now up at dailyfaceoff.com. Let's get to the number crunch this week with our guy Cam Sharon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Pleased to welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live, Cam Sharon, former Toronto Maple Leafs analyst who also writes at theathletic.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Cam Sharon YVR. Cam, uh, when you look at the Western Conference, I think we're all trying to handicap the race and the standings as we get to the trade deadline. What teams out there, in your opinion, may not be good as their record would indicate? The first team that comes to mind for me is the Seattle Kraken. What say you? Well, one thing I really like to do is uh, just look at the standings and, and mentally and look at the goal differential. 
And one thing that you notice when you're looking at the Western Conference standings is there's a lot of teams with plus goal differential, plus 10, plus 20, plus 30. And then you get to the LA Kings, and they've been hang, they've been hovering around minus five, zero, plus two for a while. And I, I was kind of wondering as to why exactly this was. It looks like they're winning one goal games, a lot of close games. We've talked about this before on this show before, how those multi-goal games are really more predictive and indicative of how a team is actually going to play. Uh, way less, uh, way less stress on the coach, as we've talked about. And the Kings are. They're the only playoff team in the West that are under 500 in those games determined by um, by two or more goals. That's not counting empty netters. That's not counting anything after regulation. This, this That goal differential I'm looking at is only uh, regulation time, non-empty net goals. And the Kings are really padding that record in those one-goal games. So that has really kind of drawn my eye. If I'm looking for a team, you know, they they still got some a lot of distance between them and Calgary. They'll probably uh, they probably have banked enough points to make it, but that's the team that I'm just kind of looking at and kind of, you know, a little bit skeptical of as we head down the stretch. All right, Cam. So let's stay on the Kings in that case, mm-hmm. and they've been a lot more successful this year with Phoenix Copley and Net than they were with Jonathan Quick or Cal Peterson. Copley's seventeen four and one on the year. I think he's a huge part of it. I think he's a big reason why they're winning. But are they getting lots of luck here in one goal games with him in that? Am I off base here? Is it really just Copley or is there more to it? Well, Copley, yeah, Copley's playing a lot better than than Quick and Peterson are, obviously. And, you know, I've like the last couple of Kings games I watched. Well, the last Kings game I watched was when they blew a five-goal lead to Arizona. And that was uh that was with Jonathan Quick in that. So with Copley, they're still actually, you know, they're they're a little bit better. They're above 500 in those clear margin games that I talk about. They're seven and four, but they're still Uh, 11-1-1 in those one-goal games. So a lot of Copley saves, probably very timely. Uh, You know, you as a goaltender would probably look at that as as something more uh, skill-based than I would. I think that that, you know, I think that there's a little bit of a random element to that. Uh, They're getting the saves at the right time. They're getting goals at the right time. And also Copley's kind of had a bit of an easier schedule. Uh, They have seven clear margin wins with Copley and Net. And I should note that two of them came against the Ducks. And then we uh, we also have a few of the non Eastern of the Eastern Conference non playoff teams as well, uh, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Ottawa, who are all probably better than teams in the West anyway. So uh, you know that's that, that's not really a knock against uh, the Kings, but yeah, I think that even with Copley Net, you know, since he became the starter, the Kings are still uh, I believe they're sixth worst in the NHL in five on five save percentage. Copley's kind of around hovering around the NHL average. The Kings are kind of thriving off timely scoring. And, uh, you know, we saw it last night. They lost a one-goal game to Minnesota. So uh, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see if that record starts to regress as we move forward down the season. All right, Cam, got to ask you about the Leafs. We mentioned off the top that you were in their front <laughs> office for years as an yeah. analyst. We talked about Ryan O'Reilly and his hat trick uh, in Buffalo on Tuesday night. What do you make of the fit? It's a really interesting fit, and it's to be honest, it wasn't something that was on my radar when when they made the trade. I thought that they'd be looking at more of a winger. Uh, it turns out the winger was John Tavares all along, or Ryan O'Reilly, depending on how they shake things up. And one thing that I like about uh, the Ryan O'Reilly fit that I've, the more I look at it, is O'Reilly's a player. Uh, St. Louis is, is a team that actually plays around the offensive zone a lot of the way, you know, a very similar way to Toronto. They uh, they forecheck really well. They try to uh, force turnovers. They create uh, they create a lot of offense off the cycle. 
uh, I think Toronto gets a lot of, uh, they're, they're kind of mischaracterized as more of a rush-based team, when really they're very good at forcing turnovers and, and playing inside the offensive zone, not really taking long shots. They really try to set things up. O'Reilly, of course, was uh, was part of that group of really good playmakers with the Blues. You know, I think of guys like uh, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas that really looked around and tried to find uh, those open scenes and cross-scene passes and uh, and easier shots for, for, for the actual shooters. So O'Reilly kind of fits into that style. And I, here I am thinking that I was, you know, very smart for uh, for identifying this and noticing all these chances that they had in the in the Chicago game that really came off the cycle and uh, and and off forcing turnovers, and then they turn around and uh, I believe that they all three goals that they scored last night at five on five came off the rush. So you know that's not the way that I'm going to expect them to score goals. But if they keep that line together, I think that they have a very good opportunity. That both to, both those top lines are very good at, uh, at at doing what I was saying, forcing turnovers, creating off the cycle. Uh, I think it, it creates a just a, a different dynamic uh, that the teams are are expecting, and it can really lead to you know more extended possessions in the offensive zone. It's a lot uh, easier on your defense because you're play, you're spending less time defending and trying to create off the rush. So it's a good fit. It gives Sheldon Keefe a lot of options to work with. But again, it wasn't anything on my radar when they made that trade. Uh, but it, you know, it's looked pretty good uh, the first three games. We'll see what happens as they get uh, as they face some tougher competition. As we look at the Leafs line board quickly, Cam, before you go, you see uh, Alex Kerfoot in the bottom right corner on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Does he become an expendable piece now for the Leafs at the deadline? Oh man, uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure how much I can say about this, but let's just say that Alexander Kerf- Kerfoot is a player that can he he's really valued on that team because he can play basically any position on the lineup. He's played left wing, center, and right wing for them this year, and uh, he's he's been described as very low maintenance. He's not a player that you really have to worry about. I think that the Leafs want to have players like that around that they can just plug in. You know, any forward position, both special teams, he can play. And he's going to know what to do, and he's going to be happy to do it every single time. I think that the Leafs are going to value players like that. Um, I don't know if they're going to look straight up to replace them. I look. For the, I think if they want to move more salary to uh, to to open up, you know, to open up some space, I think that they should be looking a bit more at Justin Hall, who's uh, who's kind of getting replaced by Connor Timmins on the back end. But you know. Kerfoot, I think he's he's he is where he is for a reason, and he's the only kind of mid uh, mid level salary uh, player on the Leafs, and that's for a reason. They really like him over there. He's very versatile. That's really good insight. I've just been trying to figure out a way, Cam, if the Leafs are going to take another swing and perhaps add on their back end. Unless you plan on not activating Matt Murray until the playoffs start, well, then you probably need to move out a salary. And Kerfoot and Hall were the yeah. two guys that stood out. And so that's exactly the type of insight that we love to get on Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks to Cam and, uh, for joining and the, us. This the week. other thing, well, the other thing too, if I can, is uh, watch on the on the broadcast. We'll see Brandon Pridham uh, get a little bit more stubble and a little bit uh, more bags under his eyes as uh, as as when the TV cameras are on him. Yeah, well, that's uh, I'm, I'm nearing that point as well. Maybe not the stubble because my razor's not broken, but certainly the bags under my eyes. Thanks to Cam for this week's edition of the Number Crunch on Daily Faceoff Live. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. We'll be happy to take your questions. Mike, this time I want a one-word answer. How would you describe Patrick Kane's near buzzer beater against the Vegas Golden Knights? 
blast off. That's it, man. I'm not worried about this pool not counting. I'm no, it's one. It's got to be one. I didn't look it up in a dictionary, but we're gonna call it one. And by the way, girl, girl, beard, Frank, join the club here, man. I want to see that, not just your razor. But uh, <laughs> like, dude, this was unbelievable. He goes tearing down the ice and clobbers one in the net, even if it's not there in time, and do it on home ice in what may have been one of his last games in front of that crowd. Blast, like, just come down and blast it. So I'm gonna call it one word. That's it. How about you? Yeah, first off, no one wants to see me with a beard. I will look even older than I already am because all of that hair <laughs> comes in gray as well. Uh, but the word I'm going to come up with for Patrick Kane would be poetic. If that was the way that he mm. left United Center for the last time as a Chicago Blackhawk, we still don't know. I think it's still a 60-40 chance that Kane decides to not go anywhere. But that moment, if that had counted... What an unbelievable send-off in a game that really means something for the Vegas Golden Knights and a lot less so for the Chicago Blackhawks. But you've seen an incredibly motivated Patrick Kane over the last number of days since a couple of trades have gone down. Let's bring in Tyler Remchuk for our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler, how'd you do last night? Last night? Not a good night, but still up 3.5 units in the month of February. So we'll look to keep it rolling tonight. And I am eyeing up that Dallas and Chicago matchup with an interesting way of attacking it. The Hawks played last night. You just saw it. They almost won an OT. They ended up finishing off that game in a shootout. They're playing again tonight. They had to travel. They're in Dallas taking on a really good Stars team. And the numbers and the lines just don't add up for me wanting to bet on the Stars here. But I think they're going to win. So I'm going to get a little bit more creative. I'm going to go into the player prop side of things. First, I'm eyeing up Joe Pavelski to pick up an assist. He's the only member of that top line who is plus money or better to get an assist. Even money, in fact, at plus 100. I like him to do it. He's got two in his last five. Not great, but I think they should score a lot tonight. I also really like Jason Robertson to go over one and a half points in this hockey game. It's paying a very juicy plus 135 this evening. So as long as one of those two hit, which they should. I mean, Dallas should be able to get some offense going against the Chicago team, who, again, is tired, had to travel, played last night. I think getting or just betting on that top line to score is a really good spot. And then quickly to wrap it up, my shot prop parlay for tonight, two players whose lines are set at one and a half, and you can combine them together to get it at plus 135. Rookie Wyatt Johnston in Dallas. He's hit this in eight of his last 10. Nick Bukestad in Arizona. He's hit his number in nine of their last 10. Play them together, plus 135. There you go. Three plus money bets tonight. All we need is two to have a profitable evening. Why not? Oh, I love the plus money bets. You know me. I'm a sucker for that. Let's yep. make it juicy. Thanks to Tyler for our points bet daily bets. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the hockey world? Well, is Jacob Chikrin set to sit out yet another game? I'm just sick of this, okay? Trade-related reasons, players not playing. Okay, Chikrin's been out since last game played February 10th. All right, it's day nine. Vatislav Gavrikov, Columbus Blue Jackets, day eight. Luke Shen, now of Vancouver. He sat out last night. We're on day two there. I just don't like this, man. And I understand there's not much that can be done with it. I know people are protecting their assets, but think about if you're on those teams. You, you want to win games. You want your best lineup. You, you want to have your teammates there to be alongside you. I think it sends the wrong message. I didn't mind when Tyler Mott sat out the other night because the other day I was told to go home because he was traded that night by the Ottawa Senators. That was fine with me. But going on a day, a week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Geek, come on, what are we doing here? If you're going to sit somebody, a trade better be eminent. Yeah, and I've, Mike, I've talked to a number of general managers over the last few days who have said, if I'm acquiring either one of those players, Gavrikov or Chikrin, you have to now factor in that these guys will have been out and not playing for the last two plus weeks, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to get back up to speed. That's just the way it is. You can't just assimilate yourself right back into the NHL lineup and think you're going to be the same exact player that you were before that. Mike, need to remind you, you know, who's not sitting out for trade-related reasons, me or you. We're going to be grinding it out for the next nine days. Trade deadline show, we're going live 12 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern, just an hour after the NHL trade deadline on Friday, March 3rd. Nine days away, the whole crew will be there. Tyler, Mike, Keith Blackburn from Bally Sports, Matt Larkin, Stephen Ellis. Everyone's going to be in the mix. Can't wait to bring it to you live. Follow us and subscribe on YouTube and you won't miss it. Until then, uh, we'll be back for a Thursday edition of Daily Faceoff Live. That final horn means that it's the end of the show. We'll talk to you at 12 noon Eastern on Thursday. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, 
You're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.